All right, welcome to Alchemy Answers, episode 58, where oh, shit. only I take questions and Jenkins is just here to look pretty. Um, we are almost to uh, to 60 episodes here, and we've got some good questions from our patrons. Um, if you're, you've been checking them out. If you're if you're familiar with the show, you know that we answer questions from our patrons and then chat in that order. And if you want your questions directly to us every single week. Patreon.com slash alchemy. Man, I am just so incredibly excited to talk to you today, Andrew. Really? Yeah. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. Are you excited to answer some questions? I've never been more excited in my life. We have a few, quite a few this week, actually. Good. I feel like people are getting some games in, and they're... I don't know. How do you feel? I, I think that every time there's a big patch, you always have like some people that just kind of lock onto something that works and then they just own and climb super hard. And then there's like another subsect of people that have like absolutely no idea what's going on. There's like very few people in the middle that are just kind of like, yeah, this kind of works, kind of doesn't. It's most people are just like opposite ends of the spectrum. And so that's why these kinds of Q&A things are fun because you get both perspectives usually. Yeah, I, I've been... Uh... I think I think at the start at the start of the patch, it's been weird. I I did very I personally did very well with with all of the you know chaotic elements of the game. I think that I was picking heroes that really embraced the chaos, yeah, and did well in it, and they thrived in it. Uh, and then when people started to figure out how to actually play the game, those heroes got worse. Like I was picking Lycan off lane and Bloodseeker off lane, and and these kind of just run at run at your face rampage heroes that. Uh, if they're given a free lane or a free game because somebody messes up because they don't understand how outposts work, you end up with an offlaner who's essentially like a carry, and then right. the game is over. Um, but right now, I'm kind of like the lock on sort of player. Like I've 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 locked on to like Puck, Venomancer, and Sand King as my kind of three main heroes, and I'm rotating between picking those every game and. Uh, I, I, it's like 60, 70% win rate with between those heroes. And then when I pick anything else, it's like a 30% win rate. So <laughs> I, I think my, I, I average out to about like 55% win rate or something. So I'm enjoying the patch and it might just be because I've been winning, <laughs> but, uh, fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, 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 I've locked on. I'm definitely one of those players right now. Yeah. What let, about you? Let's see. Uh, patch 7.23. My most played hero is Void Spirit. Uh, that was mostly at the very beginning when he first came out because I was trying to learn him. Uh, 53% win rate. Eh. Uh, Train Protector is my next most picked with nine games at 66% win rate. And then I've got Vengeful Spirit, 75% win rate. Those are, good. Those, are, those are very, very strong heroes. Those are good heroes. Yeah. I've been playing some Coddle. I'm actually 3-0 with him since the patch still uh bloodseeker i feel like bloodseeker is insanely strong right now yeah he's 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 one of the best carries i think yeah if, if not the best um i've been playing i've actually been getting a decent amount of not support when i queue for all roles so i've been playing a decent amount of carry and even some mid um hmm. which is a little bit weird to me because i just don't play mid but i've been picking heroes like razor and uh, that's the only role that i don't queue for yeah is mid 
Yeah, I probably I should try, just take it to off, to be honest, because I don't really like playing mid, but <laughs> it's been nice to have like a little bit of different stuff going on. I think I think if you're not a mid player and you're playing mid, it can be more game ruining than not being a support and playing support or not being an offlaner and playing offlane. I think not I think not being a mid player playing mid is probably the most game ruining. Um uh, yeah, I mean it definitely possible. can be if if you're getting like stomped and you don't know what to do, but for me, it's like I might not have the mechanics to like own people mid. I'm not going to pick like invoker and style on people or anything like that. But I understand that as a mid like I need to be controlling the power runes. I'm gonna rotate around power runes. I'm gonna affect my other lanes and keep my tower alive and that kind of stuff. Like, you know, I understand the concept behind playing mid. So even if I'm not mechanically superior to the people right. I'm playing against, I like theoretically, I can at least you know play the the role pretty well. Christian's asking about Bloodseeker mid, and uh, I I think that Bloodseeker mid's perfectly fine. I think especially if you have side lanes, they're gonna do a lot of damage to people. Uh, like if you have a Venomancer in a side lane, for example, then you can basically pick Bloodseeker in any role, and he's and he's gonna be strong. Uh, but with that being said, there are definitely heroes that abuse the mid lane much better than Bloodseeker. Heroes that yep. are better at running around and ganking. Heroes that are better with rune control. Heroes that are better with solo XP because he doesn't really need the solo XP. I mean, he'll do fine with it because he's a carry, yeah. but he's not like an SF or Queen of Pain that will run around and kill everybody. Um, at least he he can't do that better from the mid lane. For yeah, example. I agree. I think he just fits better as a carry because he kind of wants somebody in lane with him, at least for the first few levels, to set up for blood right, uh, to just like trade with the other team so that somebody gets low and then you get your thirst stacks. And he is a hero that can get abused in the first couple levels, kind of like a timber saw to some extent, where it's like if you have, you know, a strong counter to him, if you have, let's say, I don't know, something like a Lena Lesh lane or like a Sand King Lesh, like you can get completely owned as Bloodseeker if if they pressure you heavily. Right. On. Agreed. Definitely. Definitely agreed. Um, anyway, uh, we should get to the patron questions just real quick because there's quite a few. So we'll we'll try to get through some of them and then we'll we'll get back to a couple of chat questions. Bring it on. So Arboreal Phoenix says elevated. Since the new patch, 7.23, what are some of the most major differences in the support role compared to the old patch? Are there some strategies which have fallen off or are strictly not relevant anymore? Are there new things that you've been doing that you did not do in the previous patch that you believe have a strong impact on the outcome of the game? That's for you, buddy. Um, I would say that for the most part, it's pretty similar, except you just end up with more items. Like that's that's really been my interpretation of playing five. I think that there are some more fives right now that are um pretty popular in terms of like bullying the lane, whereas previously a lot of the five role was kind of just like trying to survive the laning stage, but now people are picking like Snapfire and Treant Protector and Still Undying and heroes like that and Ogre. And then you can kind of just like beat the crap out of the offlaners. Um I think one thing that is really important to think about right now is that, especially now that the shrines are gone, um, heroes that just trade better are really important because if you take bad trades early on, then you just get out regen and there's no like fallback mechanic of the of the shrine to be there and you have to just use yep. your courier constantly. Um, and then to that same kind of idea, keeping that safe lane tower alive is really important because if you lose your safe lane tower you actually can't get the outpost. It's like impossible. If you're if you're, if you're radiant. radiant, yeah. If you're radiant. Yep. Well, radiant's had it good for long enough, so 
But um, fuck them. That's what I have to say. Yeah, for the most part, it's you know you tr- you trade, you pull, you get region, uh, you get region advantage, and then you just like play with your team after that, pretty much. Can you hear me messing with my mic? By the way, is that is that audible? No. Oh, that's good. Because uh, you never. <laughs> I could be ruining the show. Um, what about the whole playing core as a like playing a core in a support role sort of thing? Is that what do you is mean? That's something you're doing. Like, are you playing more uh, greedy supports because you're getting jungle items and because there's like outpost experience and things like that? Um, I haven't been so much recently. Like, I I don't know. I just don't really feel like you need to necessarily. I feel like at least at my MMR, which is like five five point two k at the moment if you just snowball the lane like you win so i would much rather just play like a really like lane abusing support and then yeah. just like you know like a hero like treant venge undying these heroes can't farm for shit so you, if you get the neutral items from your carry as they pass them down then you end up having way more farm than you would anyway um but my my approach is pretty much still the same it's like you win the lane and then you just buy like the one or two most impactful items for your hero so like could be a blink one game, could be a pipe another game, blads, that kind of stuff. And then you load up on jungle items in the other slots. Yep. I definitely yep. am buying a lot less wards than I was last patch. That's good. Core should be buying those. What are the but more triggering Also sentries too. Things. Like I feel like invis heroes are kind of not as popular at the moment and it's and finding wards are like Ricky and BH are definitely pretty awful mirana yeah. obviously falling off as well yeah yeah um man one of the most annoying things right now is five rolls like buying both the wards and just holding them and it's like all right dude you don't got to do that anymore <laughs> like yeah. if you if you're not planning on placing those please leave those in stock because people people need them <laughs> i need i'm an offlaner man i'm trying so hard not to die let me have a word yeah. Uh, I, okay. Uh, I think oh, sorry. over. Sorry. I, I just think that overbuying awards um, is hopefully a thing of the past, and it's it's more about just like being really conscious of what area you're trying to control for the next couple of minutes, and then just warding around that. Yeah, I think overbuying awards was bad before, but yeah. now it's it's just so noticeably worse. Yeah. Um, anyway, Arboreal Phoenix has a follow up question says last week we talked about playing fast framing a fast play style about quick and efficient use of cooldowns and utilizing resources as quickly as possible to secure objectives to progress the game is really helpful to me Um, however i have found it difficult to mobilize my team quickly after a team fight people scatter off tp to base for heal and if i'm not in a a solo objective taking hero should i retreat and play with my team in a suboptimal position or should i go to where i think my team should be playing and hope they come to me that's a good question um, number one, uh, I was going to make a video about this, but when it comes to matchmaking, I would highly recommend as long as they don't remove party queue that you queue with at least one friend, because if you're queuing with a buddy, at least one buddy, uh, that's enough to make a unit. That's it's, it's way better in Dota to have multi like two people together and then everybody else playing chaotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, than to have you know five people playing chaotic but like really high skill you know like having two people that is a that is enough to form a unit to control an area so i would definitely recommend trying to do that if you can 
Um, if you can't, if maybe all your friends quit Dota because 7.23 sucks or whatever, uh, then what I would say is uh, probably look to like just push creep waves and cut creep waves as your objective because that that's something that you can do uh, whenever you've like won a team fight and you want to play fast. Uh, but like when the enemies respawn, you can't do that again. And um, it, b basically uh, cutting creeps and pushing creep waves is something that will allow your team to play slower. So if, if they all go back to base and heal or they go to shrine or they go to farm your jungle, um, anything, uh, you pushing waves means like they don't have to do it. Your team's not going to die because they had to go do it. Uh, and so forth there's a there's a whole lot of benefits uh you, your team can farm the whole jungle and then because all the waves are pushed the enemy team has to push them out to deal with them that allows you to control another area so you're kind of playing it's it's like kind of taking the problem and like pushing it away so that you have to do something in the future but it, it'll be in the future when like all the camps are dead <laughs> so your team will want to do something uh with you because they won't have anything better to do because they'll be done jungling or healing or whatever it is so that's basically what you need to do just go and push creep waves because you can't do that when the enemy team is alive you can't yeah. do that when when it's 5v5 yeah we can it's dangerous i think part of that question was asking how to do this if you aren't a hero that not that naturally pushes stuff um well he was saying if he doesn't have like a solo objective taker oh uh, sure uh, but sometimes that means that you also don't have the ability to clear creep waves very easily well that sucks stop picking on dying then <laughs> well so what i was what i was just gonna say is just kill the range creep like just use like if you're like Avenge or something like that, just magic missile the range creep and use wave of terror on the creep wave and then walk away because they'll have minus armor. They'll be slightly lower than your creeps. Your creeps will naturally push into them and it won't be as fast as you'd like necessarily, but your creep wave will still advance. Like all you really have to do is do a little bit of damage to the creeps and then your creep wave will beat that creep wave. Like So, right. Um, I, I want to like extend, extend on this actually. Cause when I'm, when I'm picturing it in my head, I'm picturing that you're like, you're in, let's say the bottom lane and then you wipe the enemy team. Everybody's low. So your team wants to go back and, you know, farm or whatever and go to base. And instead of like pushing the next bot wave, like go cut mid, go do something that would be insanely dangerous if the enemy team was alive, mm -hmm. but you're only allowed to do because they're dead. So like go kill the range creep mid or whatever it is. Like go do something somewhere else that you wouldn't be allowed to do if the enemy team wasn't dead that's 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 playing fast it's just doing the the most effective thing given the circumstances and if your team is backing then the, that's the circumstances right uh somebody in chat vince vincent solari said this is kind of like a bit of a loaded question but uh, i do want to respond to it because this is this is a bit of a gamer philosophical one he says how do you still enjoy dota when you just think about being better and I've legitimately thought about this, you know, as as like content creators, we're um, we're trying to like teach people like it's school, you know what I mean? And it, it's kind of like, well, the point of the game is to have fun. It's it's recreational. Nobody's out here trying to become pro. I mean, some people are, but it's probably such a small percentage of our audience. So it's 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 this kind of weird thing, right? It's this like, but th th that's the thing though, is that it's Dota two is a pvp game so it's five for five versus five uh people and like naturally that's going to make it competitive and if it's competitive then you want to you want to get better at it because it, that's like the whole point it's like playing it's like playing a sport right it's it's an esport versus playing like world of warcraft um and i guess it just it just depends on like what you enjoy out of a game uh sometimes people don't like the pressure of playing a game where everybody's like studying and doing all of this ridiculous nonsense 
to to get better and that's fine that's really fine like i i understand that you know like a question like that is is kind of like i assume that you're on the the other side where you you just want to play dota casually and um there's modes for that that's fine but that's not where the game uh where the where the game came from and i i would just say like it i guess it depends it depends on what you it depends on what you like but dota just by the nature of being this player versus player esport it's it's really only fun when you're theory crafting and being competitive and everybody's getting better and like th that that whole ecosystem is what's is what's important to make the game fun so you find other games fun because of i don't know killing bosses this is why people find dota fun it's this like atmosphere of, of competition and and getting better and i do think there's like an extent where you can go too far with it like i i think you know studying if you're playing casually like studying dota and like going to a dota school or something like that would be kind of you know ridiculous like some some anime it's just it's just some like ridiculous concept that should only exist on a TV show or unless you're trying to be pro. But um yeah, it's just fun, it's just fun for people. Wow, I was sorry, I was reading this Max Wolf question about Lycan's when I didn't realize that he was sub fifty. He's like not a good hero now. Surprising well, to me. Nah, I disagree. I mean I disagree. I think I think uh I feel like the howl's worse than it was for <laughs> David, Dota's fun because the pain it brings me. <laughs> right, because it used to be way better at pushing towers because you got attack speed, and now it's better at like team fighting, I guess, because of the armor reduction, attack damage reduction. I don't know. I right. I would I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this about Lycan, and by the way, in case anybody's wondering, I said this about Snapfire, and I said this about Void Spear, and I was right. Lycan is not a bad hero. People just fucking suck at it. Mm -hmm. people are not good at new lichen i think it's probably an offlaner i think the build has probably changed from what people were doing before um i think the play style has probably changed from what people are doing before because uh i've, I've played Lycan on the new patch and i have like a 60 70 percent win rate with it as, as an offlaner building uh you know building dominator building like building pipe necro things like that and and you know playing team fights to like kill supports and playing to split push Maybe even like picking up travels like the Envy build, which nobody does. Nobody doesn't like it except for Envy. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, the new Howl, yeah, I, I really don't see it as a. As a I, I think people just literally aren't using the Howl correctly now. Mm -hmm. They're just they're just pressing it off cooldown because that's what people did. They'd be sieging and then they press it, but now it's like it's like it's a like team a, fight ability actually. Yeah, it's like for team fights. You press it in a you press it in a team fight when you're trying to like once you've used like your necro slow. Right. You know. So. And I also think Lycan's the type of hero that when you're playing in the offlane, you leave to jungle and you give your uh, like an ind uh, independent support the offlane. Like mm -hmm. I think that's I think that's how you need to play it. Also, a lot of people are doing like Ags Rush, and I think that's terrible. Yeah. Because 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 of the new Ags. Yeah. So definitely, there's just a lot of reasons that the win rate is low right now. Lots of memes, probably. Yeah. It's um. I think Drow Ranger got dumbed down. Drow, when has Drow Ranger ever not been a dumb hero? High IQ hero, dude. This this hero has been the dumbest. Lose lane, jungle for thirty minutes, come out and have pure damage auto attacks like that. That's Drow. Now she just has a an AOE ability. It's it's just honestly the same. I don't know. That hero is just stupid. Um. Anyway. Okay. Uh. Moving on. Uh, let's see. Shiver says, do you think position one 
through position five function similarly in responsibilities now as compared to pre 7.23. It seems like position four or position five are slightly different now. I've struggled to adapting on how they should function in the new meta. No. Well, I honestly don't. I think people are overthinking it. Um, I was playing with Newsham uh, recently and he was dying. He was dying laughing at, uh, we were playing in some divine game because it was really late at night and we had some like really chatty uh divine supports shout outs to them they you know they're being nice guys they weren't they weren't being like rude or griefing or anything but they were saying some like horrendous horrendous shit and they were going midas's and not and not buying any wards and and all new sham could say is like oh my god every time a patch comes out people think that they're the fucking Nostradamus of Dota and that they're trying all these crazy wacky things like their PPD at the, at the end of, you know, winning TI uh, with like the techies picks. Well, even that was something that was very like figured out rigorously. And uh, no, I, I've, I've basically it in like innately, these concepts are, just very strong in a, in a 5v5 game where these things are important, like getting vision, having a hero that's a body that walks. See, that's the problem, is that like the cost of items and all of that stuff isn't what makes a position 5 good. What makes a position 5 good is that if I'm an Enigma and I'm playing in the offlane, I want you as a Bane to go in and kill yourself so that way I can see where the enemies are. So that way I can see where the enemy warlock is so I can get him in my black hole. I need you to go run in and suicide in, in, with all your bracers and use your HP in order to make my game good, which makes you win the game. So you want to do that, and I want you to do that. So it's going to happen every game unless you unless you want to have a suboptimal way of playing. And then if that's happening, if I need a bodyguard, a bodyguard that's doing something like that, then at that point, why not have that guy just run around the map suiciding, breaking smokes, putting wards down, and everything like that? Why not have that person do that? Why have the the anti-mage or the, the little Shrek who could be pushing towers, why have them run off to ward? That takes time that they could be spending split pushing. And that's where there is an argument where probably more so than before, these cores should be warding, like where they can. But it's it's nowhere near as much as people think, I, I think. Uh, just because, like I said, until they change, you know, how vision works and and how like high grounds work, I'm always going to need a body to walk up first as a counter initiator to go die for me. And that's going to be the position five. Or if you have the if you have the counter initiator on the position four, guess what? I'm the offlaner, and I'm the one that has to feed. Yeah. And it's cool because I have aura items, so I can do that. And aura items are good for five. Like these these things are just it's it's so much more than than just the warning. It just goes know? back that's... to the whole idea that we keep talking about, which is that roles are kind of an illusion. It's more about the jobs that need to be done in the game. Right. Right. And and those jobs pair together. Uh, those jobs pair together really nicely, such as like being a bodyguard who runs in first and warding. Those jobs pair together quite nicely because yep. one doesn't take away from the other. In fact, they benefit each other. If I want to be the hero that's running around breaking smokes, walking up high grounds, guess what? I'm going to be out in the middle of nowhere. If I'm out in the middle of nowhere, may as well ward. If I'm only buying bracers, I may as well ward and buy sentries and, and just be the be the ward bitch. Yep. And yep. Uh, that's just, yeah, that's, that's, that's the issue. And I may as well not have the most experience because if I have a lot of experience, I'm feeding away to the enemy team. So I'm going to be the position for, or, or I can be tanky so I can survive. So I'm either the offlaner who has experience in gold or I'm the, the position five, who's a support, who doesn't get CS in the lane, who doesn't soak XP. Do you see how these things like it, it, it's too, 
it's too figured out at this point. And um, I, I actually think, you know, a big Dota fan here, love the game. I'm still really enjoying it. I get very addicted to games. So I get why people are quitting. It's been so long of, of this similar stuff. You know, it's, it's uh, I, I could see people getting bored of the game because these concepts are so well figured out at this point that even like three, 4K players listen to what I'm saying and they, they're like, I knew all of that. Yeah, and that's like that's that's like average MMR, and I'm supposed to be like a semi-professional player, and I can barely say anything these days. Where somebody will be like, "Oh, that's something that I haven't heard of before." It's like, no, you've probably heard it at least to some degree. Um, it's just I play a lot more Dota than you, it <laughs> so is. I know like how important stuff is. That's honestly been one of the craziest things that I've witnessed. I think that we've gotten to witness over the last like year and a half is like bad players getting really, really good. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's just that there's like like I remember when you first started doing videos for Pugna. It was like, "Oh, cool. We can just have all these like weird Jenkins figures out how to cut creep waves in like super strange ways, like pulls creeps onto like the the high ground ward places and like all sorts of weird mechanics." And I kind of feel like most of the weird mechanics have been kind of ironed out to some extent, and like the general concepts about how the game is supposed to be played have been at least documented in so many pro games now where yeah like our job as content creators and educators is it's actually gotten kind of difficult to figure out what we're supposed to be talking about at this point because it seems right, like we're because... all, we're just talking about stuff that we've already talked about now yeah yeah and uh you know such such as life uh you know like game leap for example they have a solution of when you when you take a format like guess the MMR or something like that, or Heroes of the Week, that's kind of like been one of our solutions where you just kind of talk about like the the, the trends because then you can go go over the same stuff twice. But you know, technically speaking, when it comes to um, when it comes to like game knowledge, I I feel like I've put almost everything that I know into a video by this by this point. Yeah, and if I'm learning new stuff. I will almost immediately make a video about it. Right. And you then know? it's like, okay, well, that was great. But with that being said, <laughs> obviously, obviously people don't, obviously people can't watch every, we have like 500 videos. People can't watch every single video. So yep. repeating stuff is definitely, is definitely fine uh, for the people that don't, that don't know it, but it does feel weird as like a content creator. It's like, well, I've, I've already, you know, I've already talked about this exact, every time calibration comes out, it's like, well, yeah, I'm going to do the, I'm going to do the exact same thing that I, did to calibrate before and we did a we did a video on that so it is it is a little weird it is a little weird but and and, and that i think that's just a representation of how the dota community is too is that a lot of people have played it for so long that i can talk about this advanced concept that like a year ago was just advanced to like pro players and it's like oh yeah no i know what cutting the creep wave is yeah offlaners do that when it's like a hard lane like oh yeah you cut at the tier three yeah i can understand it's like, oh, I wouldn't maybe maybe people maybe people wouldn't necessarily know exactly when to do it, but they know exactly what the concept is. It's not like mind blowing stuff like it was before, right. where it's like, oh my god, that is so smart. It's like, yeah, I know, I've seen that before. You know, it's maybe maybe that's just us not knowing the new stuff though. That's also that's also possible. Right. Uh, you you yeah. never know. You never know. Belmark Cadet, yes, I climbed about a thousand MMR playing only position five before the ranked roles and everything came out and i just let me just say let me say then. what when i got when i got 7k uh like five or six months ago and i since then i haven't fallen below 7k which thank gaben that that's that that's true because usually when i get 7k it's like, whew, immediately 
But um, when I first got 7K, I went from 6.5K to 7K from playing position five. That was when I was playing a lot of Abaddon and I was playing Nature's Profit position five. So I, I really dislike the argument that it's, like, oh, it's impossible to climb uh, playing playing position five. I actually felt like in those games where I was playing those heroes that I was really comfortable with, I had way more control over the game yeah. than if I were a lot of offlaners. Yeah, I and agree. I guess it's just because like those heroes, I, I really enjoyed playing them. I, I figured them out like to a T just because I really enjoyed it. I also think the level, like if, if you have even like a somewhat above average level of understanding of how to play position five, you're like miles ahead of basically every other position five in the entire player base. Yep. Yep. What, what do you think of El Bono's career kill strat? Yeah, I think I think courier killing is really good. I think that if you're playing, uh, if you're playing a position four, your job is to like get a ward behind the tower at some point and just snipe the courier and make sure that like I legit think that that's a support's job is to deny the courier from from the core. And uh, I think I think that's going to be like the future of supporting. We'll see people doing that cons- consistently. I I think a, a few months from now until like couriers get changed because it is a. Uh, it is something that for some reason people just aren't abusing. It's like there's this there's this like gentleman's agreement. It's like, okay, you don't kill my couriers, I won't kill yours, and we'll just focus on play, playing regular Dota, you know? But somebody's going to not want to play regular Dota because people want to win, and uh, that's where we're going to see couriers getting sniped. Speaking of which, Zito says uh, – okay, actually, Shiver asked another question. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, but Zito says, tips on CM5, starting items, for example, laning, when do I learn ulti? Oh, these are a lot of questions. Skip until I have green boot, bracer, two mangoes because it costs a ton of mana. So basically want some tips on CM- CM5, uh, starting items, laning, and when do you learn the ulti? I think you learn the ulti at level six. I yeah. think the ulti is too good. I, I It's been buffed way too much. It gives you 20 armor. It's really ridiculous. You should go take a fight when you have the ulti. I, I don't yep. think you ever skip the ulti, in my opinion. That's old That's old CM. I agree. I think the ulti is super good, and you can even just use it for farming if you if your team is completely like not playing. You can, you can like eight stack a camp and yeah. take it with the CM ulti. It's really yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, CM's really good. I um, as far as starting items, I'm still trying to figure out what a good starting item for five is. I've I've kind of like bought into the whole you know start with like a buckler or a headdress and like one tango and then send out more regen, but. More recently, I've just been starting with like a bunch of regen and just trading super hard at bounties, and then in the first wave and a half, and then other people are starting with like just a buckler and like a quelling blade, and then it's like, okay, cool, you can't come to the wave for the next two waves because your courier's two hundred movement speed, and it's not going to be here with your salve for like I'm another on the, minute. Uh, <laughs> I I'm on the the buckler uh, the buckler headdress train. Yeah, I went uh, I went headdress uh, quelling on Night Stalker the other day. And I think I had like seven or eight base regen. It was yeah. ridiculous. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, like, if you have, if you can somehow get yourself to like six or seven base regen, then you're you're good. Like, yeah, <laughs> you don't yeah. need tangos. But also, I will do. I will usually try to have at least like one tango, one salve to start between me and the support. So in that game, I had a support that had some regen items. That's that actually I could, that I could use. That's a really important point. And and. A huge part of the reason why I've sort of gone back to just buying a bunch of regen, going to the lane with a bunch of regen as a five, is because most of the time my cores are you're, idiots. You carry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Most of the time they don't have enough regen, and so I'm just like, all right, I'll just start with six tangos, two salves, and then you know, salve them, salve them again, give them more tangos. <laughs> like that's generally how it goes. 
Hey, you want to know something crazy? You know how I skipped over a question? The shiver, I was asking about starting items on four and five. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is literally what we're talking about. That is, that's nuts. Uh, okay. So, so to go a little bit deeper in starting items, I think it really comes down to determining whether you have a strong or a losing lane. If you are not going to be able to take super good trades all the time, then just a bunch of regen is good. If um, you are just inherently stronger, like let's say you have, I don't know, like um, what's a super annoying lane that I played against recently? Um, well, Shrek, Sand King. Lena Sand King. Yeah, or like fuck, I was playing, God, who was I? I was playing Ursa carry. Oh, I was against Undying Kunkka. That lane was terrible. Like it was not a not a fun lane to play against. Um, Your hero does counter Kunkka though. It does, but not when you have three hundred health. Because yeah, because you've been decayed a bunch of times. It's weird because your hero actually counters both of those heroes, but together probably yeah. not. Yeah, oh, Maybe... that's. I mean, that's where your support should be doing a lot of work. Right. I. Sh yeah. Anyway, I also could have played it incorrectly, but just the point is, like, if you have a lane that is just way way stronger than the other person then it's totally fine to start with super greedy items. And maybe you can get away with like one person has headdress, one person has buckler and those two auras will actually carry you through the laning stage. Bassy too. Bassy, yep. uh, Bassy plus headdress is insane. Yeah. The, the aura items are just like way too, way too good. Um, God, pudge, 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 man. I'm getting a lot of pudge questions. I hate to say it, man. Not a fan. I don't think it's good. I think it's a bad hero. I hate that they nerfed Flush Sheep. That made his laning bearable, but still he like wasn't that great. Just imagine if if they didn't nerf Pudge and he comes into this meta and people are trying to do Pudge offlane into Slarks and Ursas that are popular. Like, come the fuck on, man. He's not going to be good against these heroes. Like, the meta already sucks for Pudge and he's just worse than he was before. You can't rot deny. He's his XP talent got removed. Cool, five armor. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm happy about an armor talent. I really am because that hero needs armor. But this is a hero that runs around solo killing people. He functions not based off of gold even remotely. It's just XP. Yeah. So that XP talent was a godsend for him. Um. So that hero needs some serious buffs. I think. I think that it's that it's horrendous, especially in pubs. I think the Agonims can definitely have uh, some some sort of like strategies that you can play with it, but I seriously doubt that that's going to be a viable strat in pubs. And it's like a 4,200 gold item, and you need a blink too on top of that to make it to make it worth it. And then at that point, you have this useless pudge that's ruining lanes. So Yeah, I think there's a pretty telling trend where he's only a winning hero in Archon and below, and then he's a oh. <laughs> oh man that's like for the first time in so long actually he's slightly above 50 percent in legend but ancient and above losing hero and he's gone from 41 percent win rate in like herald guardian crusader to a 15 percent win rate in divine and immortal so like if you want to be high MMR, don't pick Pudge. It's pretty simple. Fifteen <laughs> percent win rate? No. Oh, no, sorry, fifteen percent pick rate. My bad. Okay, okay, yeah. Pudge has a forty-six percent win rate in Divine. Yep. And in let's see, so okay, that's pick. That's pick rate. Yeah, forty-six percent, forty-nine percent. 
So as as the as the brackets go down, his win rate very slowly goes up, but it's still not. Right. I mean, fifty two percent in in um, like Herald Crusader, uh, you know, consider that next to Avenge, who's at a fifty seven percent win rate. Right. It's not bad, but he's one of the lowest win rate heroes in in Immortal. So, and, and this is a hero that was like, I think for. I'm pretty sure that he was like sitting around 50% or over 50% for, for quite some time. So, yeah, I like never see him in games anymore. It's kind of nice. Although it's kind of sad because it used to be the other team would pick him all the time. And then I would just win because they have a pudge. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Explain why Dendy is still picking pudge and still winning because I still think that it's, it's like, it's not bad. I think it's so punishable. I think people in pubs, are going to disrespect it so much because it sucks that they're not going to punish it. But if you're playing a real game against a Pudge and they pick Pudge, you're just going to destroy the Pudge. I play Dota. For a long time, it was the main reason I played Dota. So I want the hero to be good, but they just straight nerfed him and he sucks dick against the meta heroes. So I don't know what to say. He's just worse than before, but he's still fine. He's not, he's not like, he's not complete dog shit. You know, that's, that's some other heroes like Medusa, but. Yeah, but even, even he's, that. He's in, the, he's in the bottom tier. Take the lowest sure. win rate hero, right? What's the lowest win rate hero right now? Juggernaut. Uh, Juggernaut. Jug. Wow. That's 40, crazy. 41% win rate in Immortal Pubs. Juggernaut. Medusa is fourth worst. But let me tell you something. If I were to pick a Juggernaut in the right game against heroes that didn't directly counter me, I could probably yeah, sure carry the fine. game pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's fine. It's just... It's still bad though. Yeah. It's just like, you know, it's like a pile of shit. Um, you know, like the best pile of shit is it's still a pile of shit, you know. It's it's sure you're you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna eat it or something. Cause, you know, people don't eat piles of shit. Dang, dude. Snapfire is being picked more than Void Spirit now. People people have defaulted you, man, to like, Granny. She's way more fun. Uh I think she's I think she's, I think she's, well, I don't want to say she's better. I think Void is some bullshit, like, Ember Spirit mid-esque hero. I think Snapfire is so much more, she's going to be good in any game. You yeah. know, you're, you're never going to be like, oh, why do I have a Snapfire on my team? Dude, her trading in lane is unbelievable. She's, yeah, she's so terrible she's to play good. against. <laughs> yeah, it's really horrendous good. to play against. Also, just the fact that she has such a long range and high base damage. Yeah. It's, and, and one of the best, uh auto attacks in the game she's like a sniper except a support basically yep. who has better trading well sniper has good trading too i'm not gonna i'm not gonna kid myself um i played a sniper game recently it was pretty fun he, he feels i think he's he's trending upwards actually in terms of hey, just rate. by the way by the way i would like to say this people gave me so much shit on the uh that sf or the video uh where i ranked every hero for calling SF S tier mm-hmm. and now SF is in the top like 12 picks in pro level pubs. Like he's picked, he's picked almost, almost as much as OD like 10 more games. And he's picked more than OD is, uh, you know, and then 10 more games after that, he's picked more than Ursa is. And Ursa's obviously broken. Ursa's ridiculous. So just saying, I'm, I'm pretty sure that SF is, is I'm still pretty confident that SF is, is a lot better than people thought at the, st- at the start of the patch. It's just that people are figuring out the build. I think people are doing some like Shadowblade sort of build where you're, um, 
Oh, Chris Luck's doing blank. Ah, I think the hero is still really good. I think the hero is really good. Um, maybe not. Maybe not S tier though. I definitely think that maybe it's not S tier, but it is. Uh, it is a good hero, definitely. And it's. I think it's going to keep getting picked more and more as people figure it out. The fear is just so annoying. Like that hero's never had any sort of disable. Yeah. You give a hero who's never had any disable a disable. How the, f how the hell, how the hell can it not be a good hero? Anyway. Uh, let us move on. Uh, how much is coaching and how do we buy it? Uh, I do coaching for 45 bucks. I think Donnie, what, what do you do coaching for these days? Uh, I think mine's 40, 40, but, 40 bucks. You know, like I'm going to be honest with you. I just don't really have time. <laughs> at well, the moment. Yeah, been, so we, we, we've been, um, we, we do some like video production for some, um, uh, other companies we, yeah we've been doing video production for other dota just you know full disclosure because you know we love our audience and, and everything not in like a you know not in like a sexual like a more of like a brotherly but i mean if you want to get sexual you can definitely just send me an email um anyway that's what donnie does he sends me dick pics uh yeah we've been doing lots of work so it's been haven't really had time to do coaching although i did i did i was i was in bed last night and i was thinking like oh there's so many people that I haven't coached in a long time that uh, are like asking for sessions. And I feel like, I feel like I owe it to people at this point. It's like, how long has our audience supported us? The least that I can do is, is like, like there's more value than just the money that I'm getting paid for coaching. You know what I mean? It, it's like keeping, keeping somebody happy that's been supporting us for, for for so long so i was feeling bad about that last night i was like oh man i gotta i gotta do some coaching so i think i, I think i will probably do some do some coaching i also soon. just like to see the progress it's sort of like an ego boost if you give somebody like a good coaching session and they gain like 500 or more definitely like... yeah definitely um it can, <laughs> <laughs> that can that can that can definitely feel uh pretty good because i yeah i it's it's i think it's something that's like it should only be viewed like half as work because it's also what do they call it fanfare something like that where it's it's like at a certain point you just got to do something nice for your for your uh, i mean obviously you're getting paid so it's not like the fucking santa claus bullshit but it's like at, at a certain point you got to just uh sacrifice for a, a little tiny bit for your for your boys you know why are you two not going pro or analyst uh that's a good question. Why are you not being pro analyst, Donnie? I think I think if we get invited to events, we'll go. Yeah, I mean, I just did an event in Toronto or in Canada, in Montreal, and it was fun. I worked with Tsunami, who's a TI caster, and Breaky, who's an OG. Uh, it's fun. I like I like I really actually enjoy doing an, the uh, like the color commentary, uh, even just casting from my bedroom. It's fun. I really like being forced to like be super hyper analytical in pro dota matches because normally i just kind of like watch them on a second monitor but if i'm in the game casting it i'm like you know clicking on everybody's items seeing what they're doing seeing where they're positioning watching the map movements i'm like basically playing a game i'm, I'm like being as as into it as if i was in a game yeah uh but i also just get to absorb a lot of information i did get asked to cast uh like i i get i do get cast asked to cast uh online um a decent amount but you would be surprised how uh how little the online casting pays and i mean i get it you're you know you're yeah. talking about a, about a video game or whatever but uh 
it can feel bad to, you know, cast for like 10 hours and, and you're getting paid like half hundred bucks, <laughs> half of, yeah, yeah. Like half of minimum wage sometimes. Yep. And you know, it leads into like, it leads into to like future things, but I guess it's just opportunity cost of the other stuff that you're doing. And if you want to spend time with your family or go outside right, or eat, it's uh yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of in the field of, I'm happy. I'm just happy doing what I'm doing right now, making videos, streaming occasionally, programming some stuff on the side. And, and if, uh, for like the pro stuff and the, the talent stuff, it's like, if, if, if it happens, it happens. I'm not really, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in a period of chilling, being content. Depends. I used to think I used to have, this is going to be super off topic and I will get back to the questions in a second, but I used to, I used to have this opinion that, um, I couldn't understand why my parents were just so okay with like chilling and they were very content with their lives. And I don't mean that in a negative way. It was more so, you know, when I was a kid, I would watch like Dragon's Den. And I, would, I would watch these like, you know, typical millennial shit, superhero movies. Like everybody wants to be the star of the show. Everybody wants to be the billionaire, whatever. And my parents were just so happy with where where they were at. And uh, it's because they came. They came from Ireland, where there was serious struggles. There, it was war torn. It was a civil war. You know, my mom told me these stories where she would walk to she would walk to school, and there were people firing on each side of the street, and they would just stop for her to walk through because, like, they just wouldn't shoot at kids. So she would just walk, and there wasn't any other way that she could go. So it was just a known thing. So like, if kids are walking by, you just stop shooting. You just like don't shoot, and they would all agree on that because like nobody's gonna. And it's man, it's like that's that's fucked up but it's just a different it, so so they come to canada and like they're not dealing with that shit and they're just doing well they have money in their retirement savings they're gonna re like they're just so happy with that um and i think i think i don't remember why i was talking about this but i think you go through life and eventually you'll hit a point where your your opinion on like why you should do things and what you should aim for in terms of like success and everything it, it changes like there's there's like a cost like you'll get sick and you'll be like man I've been focusing way too much on career and money and I need to value like my own health Yeah. or you're broke as fuck and you're focusing way too much. Like, okay, I need to stop going to the gym so much because it's like eating into the time that I should spend doing like professional stuff. You know, there's, there's all of these things that can happen. And that's, that's definitely where I'm at, where I'm kind of chill and just like, you know what, this is, this is good. I don't want to be a bitch. Yeah. Uh, I hope to get there eventually, but it's been a while since I felt really comfortable which is kind of annoying. I think it's a perspective thing because I don't think, you know, it's it's like uh, I'm a YouTuber in a in a streamer and it and I, I get, you know, these random paychecks from events and sometimes our ad revenue is dog shit, sometimes it's decent. So it it is like living in the margins or whatever, but I'm still just perspective-wise it's I've I've just like changed my perspective where it's like, you know, what, what what's going to happen if I just go broke? I don't fucking care. I'll deal with it. You know, this is like a perspective thing. Yeah. I live in Libya and we are at war now. I can hear shots from my house. I'm sorry to hear that, Flampy. That's that's crazy. Um, but I guess one th one thing, not to you know trivialize it or anything, but I, I can guarantee you that's going to shape you to be to be a very very chill person who's not going to you know react to. There, there are people that will react to very not serious things. Uh, you'll be stoic. I think you'll. I think that'll make you a, a very stoic person. And people like being around people that don't overreact in these, you know, minuscule situations. Um, anyway, 
let us let us move on. That was all, that was all from a coaching question. <laughs> yeah, how many how many more Patreon questions do we have? This show could go like seven hours long. No, we only have a few. We only have a few. Okay, Elliot, can you talk about how to value magic wand, especially as the game goes later and in the context of neutral items? I see higher level players preferring wand in situations that I wouldn't, like second null versus wand as an example, even over some neutral items. What goes into back backpacking? versus selling versus continuing to use the wand what timings and power spikes should be in mind um i basically think that like magic wand is just way too valuable for the cost um in terms of what it provides you and uh generally speaking i would i would usually like to have a lot of these neutral items over magic wand just because you can sell it and get the price back for it half the price back for it whereas with the neutral items you like literally can't sell them so um I would say like you always want to focus on getting items like used or getting some sort of value out of them. So giving a neutral item to a support and keeping a wand, uh, you know, selling the wand, like that's all fine. A lot of the time people have wands because they're a hero that has like a low mana pool and they could get their mana drained or like that 20 charges to that hero might be really effective. Or like a wand if you're a baiting hero like Necro where the regen really matters, then you can keep the wand. It really depends on the situation. But if you're a hero that doesn't really need that regen component of the wand, you just sell it. Like that, that's when you would value it over, uh, over a neutral item. It's just how much do you value that, that like 20 times, what is it? 15 HP and mana, something like that. How much, how much do you value that? Like instant chunk of eight of, of HP is, is that really good in the game? And I think in a lot of games, it's, it's just not all that effective. You'd rather just, if it's equivalent to just the stats that it would give you in terms of the HP and mana from the regen, as well as like the three attributes or whatever it gives you, then just get an item that gives you those stats, which is plenty of neutral items or equivalent. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of feel like this is one of those questions that is somewhat irrelevant because <laughs> I don't I don't think you're gonna like lose a game because you buy one more null talisman or don't have a wand and just have a stick or something like that. Yeah, like I said, unless you're against like a mana drain hero, then right. you will. I will say though that after watching a bunch of miracles games, he, I think that most people just completely misuse magic wand or stick they're just like constantly using it like every time somebody casts spells anytime they get below like 50 percent mana they're just like wand stick whatever but i noticed from watching miracle that he pretty much never uses it he in, saves it until yeah, he saves he's it. in a fight he just like saves it up saves it up saves it up and that's and then he like plays to that knowing that he has like this burst heal to bait people in right exactly does like, that that's, that's all the, the time. value all that's the, the value that that pro that pros see in it is yeah. that it's like a bait. It's like a bait. It's like a fairy fire. That's yeah. how people use fairy fire as well. It's all about mind gaming people into taking like a, a bad terrible place. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Souls says also is it worth the upgrade on heroes with built-in healing capabilities? I still think Holy Locket sucks. <laughs> Let me see. What do they change about it? I'm pretty sure it doesn't amplify regen anymore. I uh I built Holy Locket once pretty recently. Yeah, it's just heals. It's just heals. Because we were sieging into a Venomancer Zeus and I believe Drow Ranger lineup. Something like that. Something ridiculous that's like impossible to siege into. And I was Keeper of the Light and I built Aghanim's Holy Locket and just sat back and blasted and we were able to take Rex because of that, that that sounds like the one situation yeah. <laughs> yeah. like yeah. chen and keeper yep not really dazzle i don't 
they dazzle heal is not really that important unless you have greaves yeah then it's probably okay no it's just one of those things where i was like i was looking at the game and i was just like man we are just not able to push high ground i was like is this a holy locket game i i, I guess it's a holy locket game and i did it and we won is 100 percent win rate with that item <laughs> nice that sounds good uh when to get stick versus get one i think like you always want stick you almost always want stick for the landing stage and uh wand is if once again like baiting with the wand is effective in the mid game or if there's a spell like a bat rider or something where yeah. you're going to get a lot of wand charges I'll, for free i'll simplify it if you're against a hero that spams like bat or undying or zeus get a wand otherwise just get a stick and you should get a stick pretty much in every single game on every single hero because it's just that valuable when do I want to upgrade wand into holy locket? Almost never. <laughs> I gave you the one scenario where it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when should position five supports get full headdress slash buckler in their starting items? I've seen at least a few pros do it. I I think always. I think it's really good. I'm I think that you should never do it until you're immortal, because your your carry will just not have enough regen, and you need to feed them regen. Yeah, you have to be you have to be careful with that. For sure. You, you definitely want to look out. Um, Dat Brito says, who would you say say are the three best mids to invest time and effort into mastering in order to consistently have an efficient hero pool for the mid-roll beyond just this patch? I like this Boy, question. This is cool. I think I can give you the heroes. Well, SF is one of them, obviously. Uh, very good on this patch. It's like SF, Puck. Puck is like the ganking. SF, Puck, Ember, I think, are, are probably... Hmm my top three kunkka in the lot kunkka is really good too lena i definitely think ember spirits won yeah that hero the ember factor is that you can lose any lane and skill your way back into the game like losing the lane doesn't matter with ember you can you will still have a game yeah i think ember's won i think that i was gonna say Oh come on! SF is the mid hero. People think think about this, dude. It's when the I mid hero, say, but it's also been terrible for so long. Listen, I, when I say one v one me mid, what is the hero that I'm talking obviously about? Obviously, SF. Say that? It's SF. SF has to go in there, like that. That hero. It, SF isn't. SF is great right now. I SF think is, SF is overrated and always has been. No, that's that's not true. I think that Queen of Pain is, is dog shit right now. I think it's a hero that every mid player should know how to play, though. Sure, sure. I think I think something like I think Lena would be way better to learn though than Queen of Pain, just because Lena will Lena is the hero you pick to win any matchup. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, Lena will always have a good game and always win her lane. I guess it kind of depends on like what you're looking for, because like your 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 mid hero pool could literally be like Huskar Brood Leshrac or something like that, and that could probably carry you higher than learning like Shadow Fiend would, but. It's sort of what you like, right? I mean, you could just cheese every single game as a mid, <laughs> or you could go for a more traditional route. I mean, I would say that it's worth learning how to like take advantage of DK, for example. I think that that hero is like incredibly stable in every patch and has never been awful to pick in the mid lane. DK, yeah, DK is pretty good, dude. Do you know Slark Ags gives two pounces? I didn't know that. Is that crazy? What the hell? Is anyway. it just charges? 
She gives you two two pounce charges. So you just leash somebody for three point five seconds, and then you yeah. leash them for three point five seconds again. T five. Yeah, yeah. Sounds pretty stupid. It also doubles the leash, uh, the leap distance. Sounds really stupid. It's ridiculous. It's like the new Magnus. God yeah. Damn, why are they? Why are they doing this? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, next question. What do you think of BH five? Terrible. I think it's bad. I think I think BH terrible is one of the worst <laughs> heroes in the game. Or Meepo four. Uh, I think that's not good either because the way the gold calculation works is that. Like Meepo soaks up all of this gold and experience, and as a position four, you're going to be dying a lot more than a lot of the other roles and putting yourself in like dangerous situations a lot more than other roles, and you're going to be soaking all of this XP because the XP split split between all of your clones, uh, equal as if they were heroes. Then you're going to feed it into the enemy team. That's why I think Meepo has to be in the like when Meepo's played mid, he's still the one position. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think like Meepo and Alchemist are heroes that no matter what role they're playing in they're the one position. Like, whatever whatever lane they're playing in, they're the one position. And I, I think playing a one position from four is extremely rare. It's, I, uh... It's, it's, what, you're, you're gonna say that you think it's good? No, I, I played a BH4 game uh, two days ago, I think, or yesterday, and it felt really good, actually, but um, I definitely don't think BH5 is good. That's trash. Meepo 4, same thing you said. It's, like... Why? Just pick a just pick a different hero. <laughs> like, why play Meepo four when you could just not play Meepo four and have way, way more consistently good impact in games? How to outfarm Alk? You do not outfarm Alk. That is correct. You kill the Alk. You make you make the Alk not farm. I mean, the hero is literally the fastest farming hero in Dota. So you, if you try to outfarm an Alchemist, you will lose. Unless Alk is literally the only one farming and you're giving him, like, one jungle camp and he's not... At, like, if he's farming constantly and you're farming constantly on, like, four heroes, he will still outfarm you. So you need to just very much, like, limit his limit his camps yeah, and stop him from farming. Yeah, and the, best way, and the best way to do that is to keep him stuck in his base by dominating the map. Yep. All right, guys. Good luck in your game. See you later.